episode of Papa Bear Hikes. Today's guest is coming to us from Scotland. Our guest has hiked the West Highland Way earlier this year, in fact, and he is on his way to become the first registered person of black descent to summit all 282 Scottish mountains above 3,000 feet. He's a trainee mountain leader a represent- and a member of Representation Matters. Um, David Solomon, welcome to Papa Bear Hikes. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having Tell me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, David. Um, I, I, I live in Scotland. I, I've lived in Scotland for over 10 years now, um, actually 11 years. I'm, I'm originally from Nigeria, and um, I was born in Nigeria. I, I came to the UK um, initially to study, um, and when I arrived, I, I first studied in London for um, a year, and then afterwards, I actually my first year I visited a friend in Edinburgh, um, which is in Scotland, uh, the capital of Scotland, and I just immediately felt um, I needed to leave London because London wasn't working for me at the time. Uh, I just wasn't um, enjoying it. So I decided to move to Edinburgh. And uh, here I am, yeah. I've been here for over 11 years now. So when I'm reading about you, you got into hiking by chance, an encounter on a flight from Toronto in October of 2019. Tell us about how that how that happened. <laughs> yeah, that's um so so I like I said I've been here I've, I lived in the highlands of Scotland and um I've always been, you know, fascinated by nature. Just basically what I've always done maybe is just drive somewhere nice, have a good, good look of views and get back into the car. You know, I never thought about, you know, hiking long distances. Or, or through hiking, you know what I mean? Um, until this encounter, which is, um, is, is a very interesting story. So what happened was, uh, I've got my brother, I've got family in Toronto, in Canada. So I, I went visiting, we're on holidays for two weeks with my daughter. And, um, on our way back, um, we had, there was a passenger who sat beside me and the lady who, the Canadian lady who studies at um, she she said she was going she was studying at in Ireland, so we we both had a connecting flight in London, so we were flying London. I'm sorry, Toronto to London, and then she was, we were all going to go separate ways from London. So we got talking. I'm very you know friendly person, like sociable. <laughs> so we we got chatting and. Um, and she she asked me where I lived, and I said I lived in Glasgow. At that time, I I was um, doing my masters in, in Glasgow, and um, she said, "Oh, she 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 was in Glasgow over the summer. She was hiking outside Glasgow with her family, and just brought out. She took out her phone out and showed me a picture, and it was I was." At first, I was like, "Where is this place?" Like it was, she was on a mountain. She was basically on a hill, not even a mountain. It was, it was Conic Hill, right? And and she, I, I was fascinated by by the the views. What was there? It was just her looking, overlooking um, um, 
uh, Loch Lomond and the islands. And I said, I asked her where it was, and she told me where it was. And I thought, first I felt very ashamed that <laughs> I live in Glasgow, just 30 minutes outside this beautiful place, and I've never been there before. And secondly, I was just surprised. Like, okay, what were you doing with your family working in in, in, in Glasgow? She said, oh, that was just the holidays. I mean, I, I've been on holidays abroad. I mean, I never thought you could go abroad. And holidays for me would be, you know, sitting on a beach somewhere, sipping uh, pina coladas, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, or just... Um, you know, going to city shopping and stuff. But I never thought you could you know, go on holidays and go hiking, you know what I mean? So that was it. I mean, I I, I, I got back to Glasgow um, that week uh, and, and I got a couple of my friends and I said to them, listen, we have to go somewhere um, the following weekend. And that was it. We, we went to this. I, I got a friend of mine uh, and, and we went to um, Loch Lomond and went up this hill, Conic Hill, and that was it. That was where I just it was you know was just like a was like a switch had been turned on, you know, and 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 I felt yeah, it was just the euphoria, you know, what you feel, the feelings what you get from hiking and and you know going up the sense of achievement as well that you, you were able to get to the top of this hill, you have all this view around you. And um, that got me um, interested. So I started reading a lot about hills, mountains in Scotland. And then I got um, to read about Monroes. So so Monroes are, Monroes are mountains in Scotland above 3,000 feet. Okay, so there are in Scotland there are two hundred eighty-two of those mountains above three thousand feet, and I was okay. This is interesting, and there are people who actually um, summit all these mountains, like they they they're called um, Monroe Baggers. And then I started reading. Okay, which one is closest to Glasgow? The cl- the closest borough to me at that time was uh, Bell Lomond. And guess what? The following weekend, I was on top of Bell Lomond. And from then on, that was it. I That was the only one I did um, in 2019 and November because I, w- I wanted to do more. But I was advised at that time that it was getting to winter and I had no experience, you know, winter hiking. And so I just left it. And, and then we had the lockdown, the pandemic hit and yeah that's a, that's it um that's how i go into hiking that's the that's the encounter i, I love the stories where people get bit by that that hiking bug or that outdoors bug and you can't shake it right you want more <laughs> right and we, we, yeah. we have that yeah. here right you, whether it's hiking one of the long distance trails or uh some of the more famous peak lists we've have here in, in, in the states we have the adirondack high peaks or the New England high peaks, northeast one, and yeah, you you get a little taste of it. And as long I've been hiking my entire life, but yeah, I, I, I know getting up into the Adirondacks or even in the Catskills, you reach that point where there's that combination of accomplishment and and the wow factor of look at this, isn't this beautiful? Yeah, yeah, 
It is. It, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, you, it, it, I mean, here they say you caught the bug. It's like a bug. You, you, you bite, you, you, get, you, you get caught in it, and that's it. You never look back. A lot of people wouldn't stand it. You know, I've, I've, you know, looking back, right? Um, when I was at university, my first, um, my undergraduate degree, we actually had a, we had a, there was a, a school trip that we did. We, we, we went out and um, on, on, on a trip, and it was actually very close to these mountains. And I'm, and I'm trying to think back. Why? How come I missed it? What? What? What did I miss? Why didn't I? Why was I so interested? Why didn't I ask questions? I mean, maybe I was just—it's just something that doesn't you're not interested in. Like you said, you've 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 hiked all your life. We—I like grew up in Nigeria. I mean, hiking is not something that we talk about or do. <laughs> you know, um, it wasn't part of us. You know, growing up. So um, I, I grew up in a working fa- working class family. I don't know about people in the upper class if they know about working about um, or middle class family who I don't know if they knew about hiking. But I I'd never heard about. I don't knew about it until you know um, when I started researching myself. I started reading reading stuff about people. You know, through hiking, walking, long distances, and um, yeah, it's a really. But what's great about it, David, I think, is that it's an activity that people can jump into at any age. There's no special training you need. There's just that desire to want to go out and do it. Yeah, yeah, the desire. That's that's what it is. Um, it's it's, it's the interest. It's the um, information as well. Like I, I think, you know. If most people don't really know that they could something they could do, um, and which, which also brings us to uh, the issue of representation. Like I have, I have, a, I have a, a story. There's some. I have an example. This is a very interesting one because uh, so I last year February, just before the lockdown, I happened to be in 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 Canada and. I wanted to ski. I've always want, I wanted to ski. I wanted to know what it was like to you know, skiing. And and um, I was visiting friends who are also, like myself, born and grew up in Nigeria. But they had no interest. They said, no, they, they don't want to do it. It's not something we do. We don't, ha- we don't <laughs> ski, <laughs> right? But, but they had no choice. They, they, I was living with them. I was... I was visiting them, so they had to. I had to. They they had to take me to the ski resort. So they took me there, and they sat in the observation area, like the restaurant, and watched me because I, I I went for seventy five minutes lesson, and then this guy left me to go up and down by myself. Hmm. They saw how excited I was. They saw how I I told them this is. Man, this is amazing, right? This is something you should. They, they saw how it was interesting, how I loved it, how I, I, I didn't die, I didn't break my neck. And at the end of the day, guess what? They both said they would do it next time. You see? So, so that is. Cause they never thought it's something they would do, mm-hmm. right? And, and 
once they've seen someone that looks like them, someone that has the same background as them, as they, they so the the fact that they see me do it, it's also so. This is why I, I talked about you know representation and, and seeing someone that looks like you do something, you know. Uh, so most people don't feel that it's something they could do. Now, I've yeah. had guests on who represent various groups, and we talk about this, you know, and uh, you know, and it seems like that is one of the barriers is maybe almost self-inflicted, right? I don't see people out there that look like I do, so maybe it's not something I should be doing or should want to be doing. And like you said, with your buddies, you know, they saw you out there having a good time. And then, well, now they want to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, about, well, I would say, um, but it's self-inflicted, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying 100%. Right. I mean, a small part of it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. right. Exactly. it's the attitude, yeah. you know, because um, there's a... There's a there's a guy, Sibili, I don't know if I pronounced his name right. He's South African. Um, Sibiliso. Yeah. Sibiliso, he, he is the first black man to summit um, Mount Everest. Okay. And he's actually done it twice. Uh, um, I, I follow him on Instagram. And we, we had a talk about those times. We actually, I read one of his... Um, um, one of the interviews where he said that within uh, the attitude um, within the black community itself towards mountaineering, mountaineering is, is that we think it's something that belongs to white people, mm-hmm. right? And that is the, uh, that's the attitude within. It. So to, to 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 start, you know, the conversation to start a change to start to create a, a shift and a revolution um, towards that uh, attitude towards hiking has to start from within the community itself, mm-hmm. you know? So we have to start educating ourselves. We have to start letting you know like this, this is something is for everyone. We are all, although yes, there are barriers into, you know, I can, I can, or, or, or getting outdoor is not, it's not cheap, you know. It's not getting um, proper equipment and um, hiking gear, safety equipment. You know, they're not they they don't come cheap. There's also the economy aspect of it, a part of aspect of it that is also creates that also creates barriers from people from people people um, um, getting involved in it. You see. So yeah, everything. It's all it, you can talk about it from you know different angles. There's so many things involved, but it exists, right? No matter how you want to attack it or look at it, it exists. It's there. there yeah. These barriers do exist, and they're they're not just in our minds. They're there. And you know, like I said, I've had conversations with people from various groups, and and they have all shared at least one story about how they either felt unwelcomed or even experienced a bit of racism while engaged in an outdoor activity. We'll be back after a quick break. 
You ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors? I try not to, and I really don't because I use Sawyer water filters. Sawyer filter technology, because of their high standards, every filter is individually tested three times through the process. I've been using their permethrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks and the picaridin to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water, insects, or a tick bite cut your trip short or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they'll likely to have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible high quality products that they offer for those of us who enjoy the outdoors. Yes, yes. Um, personally, I've, I've... I don't, I've not experienced, I've not experienced racism in the outdoors myself in Scotland, right? What I've experienced is, what, what I've actually noticed something is that there are not people that look like me, mm-hmm. right? So the first mountain, the first the first proper, okay, the, even the first hill, the chronic hill, I was the only black person on that hill that day that I saw the bell moment. Belmont was a Sunday. Very, it was cold, but it was sunny. The family, there were people with their kids and their dogs, and everyone, so many people. And one thing I noticed, right, is in Scotland, which is where I've mainly hiked, the people are extremely friendly outdoors. Outdoors, people speak to you. You get to. They, 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 you're walking past someone and the next thing you start chatting. They stop to talk to you. You talk about weather. You talk about distance. People, there's, there's, a, there's a tradition here, right? That if you're going, so if you're coming down a mountain and you see people going up, <laughs> they tell them to encourage them. You say, you, you just say, oh, you, you don't have long to go. It's even if it's, even if the mountain is 20 kilometers away, you tell them, oh, keep going, you're almost there. <laughs> yeah, so so the people are very friendly. Well, that was something I, um, I know for sure from my experience. I love just maybe you have the one or two, the odd grumpy ones that, just put their head down. Don't want to say hello or hi. So that's 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 them. You know, you don't know what any you don't know what, uh, people are going through. So you just walk past as well. Um, so yeah, I've not really experienced racism in terms of um, uh, in the outdoors or people attacking you or saying anything on mm-hmm. inappropriate. Um, yeah, that's what I yeah, and I. You know, I don't think it's rampant here either. I think it's like you said. Is it? You know, there's a there's a few bad eggs out there, possibly. Um, you know, but I don't think it's rampant. And I think, as a whole, the outdoor community is friendly. And and I think most of us who enjoy yeah. the outdoors are of the similar mindset that you know, the more people out here, the better it is. You know, the, the more welcoming it, welcoming it is to everyone, to all, we all benefit from that. Yeah. Yeah. Now you talked about the uh, 282 Scottish mountains over 3,000 feet. Okay, there's 282 of these Munros, and you're looking to uh, do something special with that. I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I recently um, um, got in touch with um, the Scottish 
mountaineering club. They're actually uh, they're responsible for keeping records of um, every. They, they call them completos, so or you could say monroists. Um, so they, I, I emailed the secretary and I asked for basically I wanted to know how many black people or ethnic minorities have um, do they have on their record as having um summited all the mountains right and she I would, the reply I got was was that um they, they were they, she mentioned a lady from china and and that the, although okay let me be let me be, uh, um explain this on when you register when you inform this SMC, the Scottish Mountaineering Club, that you've completed, the, the list and the, the questions they ask doesn't involve. It doesn't. They, they don't actually um, stipulate whether they don't ask for your ethnicity, right, or your race. Okay, so there's no. They don't ask. They only ask for your first mountain, the last mountain, pictures, and your name and whatever story you want to um, add. To, because they, they they keep these records in the, in the Scottish National Library, okay. So she did say that they've not had a, someone with the story that they were black. They had a lady from China, um, I think, a couple of years ago. At the moment, there are almost seven thousand um, uh, com- uh, uh, People who have submitted all 282 registered, although she also they also made it clear that not everyone who um, completes registers their completion. Okay, um, so yeah, and she did say that if I I might be I'm looking at being the first black person to complete it. But when I put that information on my Instagram story, I had a message from um, one of my uh, hiking buddies, right, that she actually said um, she knows someone from Glasgow called, uh, I don't know, Peter, I think. So basically, Peter is black, and Peter has been Climbing, as we submitted, morals is actually almost finished. Okay, but she said he's a very private person. Um, don't even think he's on social media, and he, um, she doesn't think he's is planning to register. So I've actually, I'm actually, I want to get in touch to speak to him so he could, you know, because this is it's not it's part of the representation. Is if you want to inspire people we want to get more people who are um, from ethnic um, minority backgrounds to go out and and in um, enjoy the outdoors or get into mountaineering the only way to do it is to make your story known to people to, to, to reach out you know to let people know that listen you can do it if we if, if, if I can do it then you know you can also do it so I'm hoping um, if if Peter becomes the first person, great. I mean, I'm not. It's not like a competition, <laughs> but I, I I'll be 
very I'm very proud and very happy with what I'm doing and uh, I at every opportunity will want to you know make it known to I've always I've already actually had messages from people from London um I'm talking about black people from parts of the country who who actually developed interest in coming the voice it's just that I tend to go out I don't plan it right I could just look at because I live in the highlands so I could uh, so a lot of them I've said okay let me know when you want to go I want to come with you you know we like what you do and all that so I very encouraging as well so yeah it's it's um uh I hope to I'm looking at completing next year basically because I've uh, uh this year so far I have submitted 87. Um, mm. I started last year, and last year I was able to do 41. And I'm currently on 128. Um, I hope to pa- go get past the halfway line, and then next year put my head down and get it done by next year. Yeah, David, that's you're getting a lot done at a time. Now, are you doing multiple uh summits at in a day or is just like you you you're able to summit one of these Monroes at a time. Yeah, so that's that's what one of the um that's one of the things I found out in the earlier stages. Um so you could summit this is why it's it's easier and quicker the the best way to summit them um as as quick as possible is to do um, multiple morals a day because some of them are really close to each other. So after my first moral, I got between November and um, June, July last year, I was able to you know do a lot of research into how many uh, into how you could you know bag them together. So. My second mural was Ben Nevis, which is the highest mountain in the country. Um, it, ben Nevis is uh, uh, 4,413 4, feet high. Okay, so after Ben Nevis, I thought, okay, I've gained, I've, I've, I've back two single murals because they stand, they, they actually. Um, two morals on their own on the same day, right? So I wanted to go into multiple morals. So the next one that I decided to go for, I wouldn't advise anyone to do after just two, was um, South Glen Shield. So there are seven. So seven in one day? Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was greedy, okay? <laughs> I wanted a lot in a short time. <laughs> so so I went for seven after only doing two. So, right. South Glen Shield has got a bit of scrambling involved in it. It's got a bit of walking on very narrow ridges. I had no prior experiences of this. Right, which is why I said no. I'm not. I don't advise anyone to do this. Uh, there are easier ones that you could do as multiple morals. Um It was very. It was. It was my most 
challenging day ever, the mountains. It was, uh, I, I, I had, after the first Monroe, on getting on to the second one, was, well, I, I faced the first, whoa, what am I doing here? You know I, mean? <laughs> oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it was so loud. I actually sat down at the point I sat down and um, I, I couldn't walk, couldn't move because I could see both my both sides. They were just drops. And I'm like, okay, maybe I've bitten more than I could chew. Or how do mm. you say that? Yeah. So um, I, 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 I was lucky there was a couple. They, they they were walking towards me. They were coming from the opposite, opposite side. And the guy asked me, what was wrong? And I said, uh, I said I was scared. <laughs> so, so I had poles. I had my walking poles, right? My walking stick. Um, and the guy, he said, okay, if you stand up, if you stand and use your poles as a balance, just both poles will give you balance. It was windy. It was a rainy. And huh, I will come back to something that very important. So it was windy. It was it was be rainy and it was wet uh so i got up and just used the pole as he said and that was how i was able to submit the second one and from then on it became very wide you know the ridge so i walked it would become easier and then rain but i i i got down got off safely at the end of the day um after a lot of tears a lot of regret <laughs> And um, it was interesting, though. So, yeah, that's the easy – you could bag them multiple ones in a day because um, they're close to each other. There are four. You could do five. Easy ones, easy ones. Like recently, um, about three weeks ago, actually, I, I think that was the easiest five you could bag in a day because they're so – so, basically, if you go up 3,000 feet, and which is – above the ground feet for the first one, you're descending. You, you might come down maybe to 800 feet, right? And then walk along the ridge before another, before you go up again to back up to um, above 900 meters. So we have, at every point, you're coming down 800, 700 feet, and then, sorry, 800, 700 meters, and then another 200 meters, and you're back on the top. That's it. Because although these models have their specific um, depth between them, you know, they were all, um, I should actually give you background to what Monroe's, why they're actually called Monroe's. So there's a, a, a legend called, is, is the gender, is, is, he actually, his name is Sahu Monroe. So he he, he he created the first Monroe table, mm-hmm. right, and published it in the journal Scottish Mountain um, Mountaineering Club. So that was the first person who actually took, he took it upon himself to count um, to, to, to 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 register and 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 take a list, make a list of all the mountains in Scotland above 3,000 feet, right? And that's why they are called Monroes. They're named after him, okay? So um, he, he 
the, the story is that he actually never got to climb them all because it was a different person that was that happened to be the first um, summit, the first uh, Monroeist. Um, so, uh, um, Monroe, Monroe's are named after Sahu Monroe. Um, yeah, so. I think I digressed a little bit. I don't know what. No, that was good information because I think a lot of us, especially here in the States, we don't know what a Monroe is. You know, they're called peaks or summits. So I think that was great that you you gave that that background. Yeah, yeah. So although the the list has been, after his first list, the the Scottish Mountaineering Club has already done another list. Some that were degraded, some were upgraded. Um, So... Yeah, uh, so I was talking about my f- the five Monroes I did, and yeah, they are so lot easier than and then. Some of these mountains are very technical. There are a few of them that are actually really technical, like the ones in, in Sky, the Isle of Sky, Sky. So those ones you would need to actually uh, rock climb. And abseil, so I, I'm hoping to do those next year with a guide. Um, so those ones I would require actually to take a guide, get someone to take me up. There are twelve of them um, on a ridge. So the, 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 the um, couple of friends, people I know, have actually done them this year. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm those ones aren't just like well. scrambling or bouldering. You actually are rock climbing to get to those summits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 very the one that's called the Impin is a inaccessible pinnacle. It's just standing, just like you could just you, there's no nothing to hold. You have to actually rock climb up and upsail down to get off it. Yeah, so interesting. Really looking forward. To yeah, that. I bet it sounds like yeah, you need a whole nother skill set to get to that level to achieve the entire list to be able to, to achieve a climbing all 282 of them, which I, I think that's pretty cool. Right? I mean, it just kind of, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to just have to learn how to rock climb and, uh, and get it done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, with scrambling, you build it, you build up the level that you build up the skills eventually. Cause there are some, um, like the ones the very, um, uh, uh, graded scrambling that I've done this year actually. So um Anuk Igak. Uh Anuk Igak has has got two Monroes, a mountain in Glencoe. And um I would say as it's been regarded as one of the narrowest narrowest um mountain in the UK. So um I I, I was part of a group that went so so what I've done this year so far is there's a there's a there's a guy um who um likes to call himself a king so he 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 likes to um he organizes group walks um uh and he takes people on you know those challenging mountains basically the ones that I wouldn't have had the confidence to do by myself Right, so I've done this with him. So I've done, I've gone Anokigak, we've uh, done Anokigak. Um, there's uh, Liethak as well in Toridan. Uh, 
So Lethak has got, if you don't want to, you know, do the whole scrambly bit, some of these mountains have bypass routes, right, where you could just go on them, um, summit them on road, and, you know, if you don't want to go scrambling, you just just take the bypass route. So I've I've made use of this bypass route many times um, because my my targets are the Monroes. Uh, uh, so Lethak, um, this also Antilak, Antilak is the one I've actually the last mountain I've been on before today, which was um, I think about almost two weeks ago. Um, which was Ring of Steel, so right as well. So you have a few ones that builds you up, you know, before the big ones, before the the ones in sky, these technical ones. And those ones, once you have a guide. So what my friend did was he he hired a guide, and they spent they spent I think three days on that mountain. So they spent three days just traversing the whole ridge with the guide. So the guy puts them on a rope and my friend never had any rock climbing experience before he went to do all 12 moon rules in sky and he's completed them all. So, but, but then you need to build up confidence with the little, you know, all the scrambling um, you must have done before you hit mm-hmm. sky. Yeah. Cause scrambling, even though it, it's, it, it, it's, it could be dangerous. I mean, you know, it's not like rock climbing or free climbing up the side of a mountain, but, you need to be able to take your time and think about where you're placing your feet and your hands. And it's something you build yeah. up to. Yeah. I, I agree with you having done yeah. my fair share of it. It's not something you want to advise somebody to go out and do on their first hike. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that, that's what I, I learned yeah. <laughs> after, yeah. after two months. And what's yeah. scarier is coming back down that, those routes too. Going up is one thing, mm-hmm. but going down, mm-hmm. I know myself, I found myself saying, well, I can't believe I climbed up here. And now I've got to somehow get myself back down this safely. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, safety is very important. Um, safety in terms of, um, you know, knowing, having, knowing what you're getting into um, in terms of um, the weather, you also need to know. So before, um, my first two, three occasions, times, the first few times the first that I went out, I never knew that um, there's an app basically for mountain weather. So what I used to do was I would um, check the nearest town to the nearest town to the whatever mountain, and I would check the weather for that town and just go by it, but which is wrong. You know, there are actual um, mountain weather websites and apps like the mountain weather app where you could go uh, put in the name of a mountain and it would tell you, although not always 100% precise, you know, but then you get an idea of what to expect. You know what I mean? In terms of rain, in terms of wind, um, visibility as well. So you also you need to... Um, that's another thing that you also need to consider. And then um, in terms of what to wear, clothing, you know, shoes, kind of boots, um, what else? Uh, yeah, so the safety is very important. You know, the, the kind of, I can't, you can't really, um, 
you know, right. they can all, you know. Yeah, and whether you brought that up, that's an interesting topic because you could look at the forecast for the town closest to where you're hiking, as you said, but not realizing how much that temperature can change and the conditions change as you, as you yeah. gain elevation. Uh, you know, you, you lose, I believe it's four degrees Fahrenheit for every thousand feet of elevation gain. And it's not uncommon to start the summit, start at the base and have clear, warm weather, get to the summit. And it's a lot colder. I've had it happen to myself, even in the summer where I get to a summit and I'm putting a jacket on to to keep myself warm. Yeah. That's entirely different. It's not, it's not what you get in um, sea level. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's not what you get at sea level. It's entirely different um, weather out there. Now, David, I see that you have hiked the West Highland Way. I had a guest on, two guests on recently. It was a husband and wife that had hiked the Great Glen Way in Scotland. Now, you've hiked the West Highland Way. Uh, what was that like? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was great. It was um, that was my first. Um, I think it was only so far though. As my my first um, through hike, and I absolutely loved it. I would do it again. I would actually do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, West Highland Way. Mm-hmm. It's um uh as it okay, we used to be first Scotland's first long distance route, but it stretches for one hundred and fifty one kilometers from a town outside Glasgow, Mil Mil Milgai, Milgai, yeah. Uh to Fort William. I don't know if I spell that right, but pronounce it right, but yeah. <laughs> so it starts from outside of Glasgow to Fort Williams, and we I did it with my friend, um, who I talked into doing it, <laughs> where he eventually enjoyed it. Um, so we did it for six nights, seven days. We enjoyed it. People do it for less. People, I mean, I heard the fastest runner actually did done it for less than 24 hours. Um, people have done it for three days. Um, we actually met people along the way who were doing it for four days. But we, we took our time. We camped um, for the first, uh, the first three nights. Um, we camped and um, the last four nights, we, we actually, yeah, we camped and then the last four nights we stayed in um Glamping pods, um, the way more, and, and uh, glamping pods, and did we stay in a hotel? No, yeah, glam. They were more the, the rest of it were glamping pods, were more luxurious than camping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting, and I enjoyed it. West Island, yeah, um, finished for, for weeks. yeah, because through hiking in, in Scotland, at least from what I've heard, it's, it's different than what we think of through hiking here in the States. That, you know, for example, the couple I, I spoke to who hiked the Great Glenway, they didn't camp out one night. They managed to be able to stay in, in at indoor accommodations all along the way, yeah. and loved it. Had a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's it's possible. I mean, even the West Island Way, you could so they have um, with the logistics, right? You could. Your backpack. You could leave your luggage. There's a company. Actually, there. I think there are two companies. They could leave your luggage with with from the start, right? And just tell them, 
where you'll be stopping every night. Okay, if you tell them you stop, where you stop every, and they will take whatever luggage you've got and drop it off the the next stop. So, which means you could actually be hiking without any. Just take water and the essentials, maybe extra jacket and clothes, and that's it. And it's still it's still hiking. I know some people would say some of cheating, but I don't see you still experiencing the same thing. Yeah, David, I see it the <laughs> same way, right? I mean, to each his own, right? If you're that person who wants to carry everything you need to survive for the whole length of the trip, that's great. You know, I'm not going to criticize that. And if you're yeah. somebody whose idea of enjoying it is, I'm going to bring with me, you know, my my essentials, some water, some snacks, first aid kit, et cetera. Good for you too. That you know, we we decide what yeah. we enjoy. <laughs> Only we know what how, what we enjoy. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, we met a lot of people. Met a great, nice. I mean, like I said, people in the outdoors here, friendly. Um, um, over the course of seven days, some people we walk past and then meet them again. Um, interesting. There was actually like you you said about. Uh, the guys she spoke to who did um, Great Glenway, there was a, a mom and daughter who we met along the way who were all throughout, they stayed in proper accommodations, hotels and and, and, Airbnb and um, what do you call them? Um, bread, bread and breakfast, you know, like lodges and homes. Yeah. And, they enjoyed it. We met them at the end of it. We all completed it. So, yeah, it's interesting. It takes you along the whole length of Loch Lomond, um, the west, and then into the mountains, the highlands. Um, so the best time, we actually did it in, in May, which I think, from my research, I would say, What's the best time to do it? If anyone is thinking, if you're thinking about, you know, doing West Island way, and the reason, well, main, main, the main reason is the midges. We have this tiny little things that fly around. It's very annoying. It's in, wind, in summer here in Scotland. They're not, they, they're just annoying. They're just in your face. They're like mosquitoes, but then, but they, they don't, they don't transmit any disease, but they just mm. uh, yeah. We have you know gnats. We have gnats that pretty much do the same thing here. They just fly into your face, around your ear. <laughs> All they do, they yeah. can't hurt you. They just yeah, exactly. annoy you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So there are a lot of them in in, in Scotland, um, especially over the summer. So I try to avoid that. You know, we didn't have any. Then we didn't have any. That we had actually the week. We're lucky with the weather. You know, we for the first five days we had great sunny weather, nice, not too hot. You know, spring it was the beginning of spring, then not too hot, not too cold. Um, we only experienced proper Scottish weather, I think, uh, after we left um, Glencoe, um, going into Kinlochleven, and the last day going into Fort Williams from Kilocleven. So we, yeah, that's when we were hit with rain and wind, rain and wind. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, it was nice. It's, it's, it's um, West Island way is, uh, is epic for any, um, any through hiker, especially in Scotland, 
um, I would advise, yeah, I would really recommend Western. Uh, you just made it a little bit more difficult for me. I've been, my wife and I have been wanting to get to Scotland and, and she's promised me I can go on a, on a backpacking trip if we go out there to visit. So now th- this sounds very enticing as well. So I got this in the Great Glen Way that I'd have to uh, choose between. And I'm sure if I talk to more people, there's probably, probably more trails that would, uh, that would be of interest to me. Yeah, you know, some people actually complete. So the Great Glen Way starts from where the Western Land Way ends. The same city, same town, Fort Williams. Okay, so the Great Glen Way is runs from. It's less in terms of length, so it runs from Fort Williams to Inverness. Um, um, and then Inverness is the furthest city up north in Scotland. So, and yeah, so most people, some people actually start from, you know, start West Highland Way and don't finish till they get to Inverness. So they do the whole length, like the whole West Highland Way and um, Great Glen Way. So that would be, I'm, I'm planning to do the Glen, I actually should have done it, but because I live in Inverness, I live, I live, I actually live in the city where the Great Glen Way ends. And, um, I just keep, you know, because it's just right here. I'm just, I just keep postponing it, and um, eventually I'll get it done at some point. <laughs> so, looking ahead to the future, you just spoke you'd like to do the Great Glen Way, and you're working on finishing up the uh, Monroe list. Right? You're, you're probably going to get very. You're going to sounds like you're going to get into that and try to finish that up by next year. Anything else yeah. you see ahead of you that you want to take on for outdoor challenges? Yeah, I, I um, on my list, first on my list now that I might actually do before the end of the year is um, uh, Welsh three thousand. So the 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 mountains in Wales, so Wales is within the UK as well. Uh, mountains in Wales above three thousand feet. So there are fifteen of them, and. The, the challenge is that you complete them all um, within 24 hours. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I've got that. And um, and also Wainwright. So in England, they have 214 peaks, the English peaks. They're called Wainwrights, right? Known as, they're known as fails. Uh, yeah. And they're above one thousand feet, so it's it's easier. But I mean, the, the greatest challenge is to me in terms of mountaineering in the UK is you know complete the Monroe list. But apart from the wind rides and um, uh, the wind rides and um, Welsh three thousand, I'm also looking abroad. You know, eventually from next year, maybe travel restrictions would have really eased up a little bit more than it is now. I, my my dream is to you know start uh, looking at trails abroad. My holidays now, my mentality towards holidays now has changed. You know, I'm not looking at you know beach holidays to go sit down on the beach. I'm looking at you know hiking abroad in Canada, um, Europe. You know, so I'm, so many things I'm looking forward to. So a lot, a lot of things you know in the future. 
that would go flying. Yeah, it's interesting when you, people say, what'd you do for your, your vacation or holiday this year? Well, I went to the beach. I went to this resort. I went to that. You know what I did this year? I hiked through Massachusetts and Vermont through mud and rain, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with lying on the beach, right. you know, oh, you know, shopping in cities or Paris, you know what I mean? Uh, popping champagne in nightclubs and stuff. But I mean, I've done that. I've done all that, you know. So everyone do something different, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> do something so, David, where can we find you? Where can we uh, follow your adventures? I'm, major, I'm mainly on Instagram. Um, uh, I love this hike, yeah, because I I love hiking. So basically, my 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 Instagram um, username is I love this hike, no one word. Um, yeah, that's where I post my adventures and explorations, and sometimes my my dance reels. So because I I um started this started from. The second mountain, actually, the second Monroe. So after there's a lot happened, you know, a lot happened um, during lockdown, the um, breakdown relationship. Um, I lost my sister, and so I had so many things um, going on that I just I just needed something. That which is why I, I went for the highest mountain in in, in the country, and um, and it was like it was magical what happened and coming down that mountain. I just stopped at a point and I just started dancing, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, that was just it. So, so some, if you, some of my, um, my posts are about me just, you know, doing my stuff on the mountains on I love this hike. Okay. We're going to make sure we put a link to that in the description of this episode. And, uh, yeah, I've seen your pictures. I've been to your Instagram page and yeah, you, you look like you're out there having fun. You look like you're out there enjoying every minute yeah. you can. And uh, and that's awesome. That's awesome. David yeah. Solomon, thank you so much for uh, coming on Papa Bear Hikes and sharing your adventures with us and and, and doing keep doing what you're doing to inspire people to go out there and enjoy these opportunities in the outdoors. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate you know, reaching out, you know, to get me to get on, yeah. come on board. I, this is my – you know, Love to have you back on when you finish up your run roads too. Okay. Anytime. So you can share that story. Anytime. Anytime. All right. Anytime. Everybody, if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you give us a rating, give us a thumbs up, leave a, leave a comment. We're always, uh, we always make sure we respond to people's comments. Also follow, go to papabearhikes.com and see what else is going on. See what adventures Papa Bear and his, and the usual suspects are up to. Uh, I'll be doing an episode on, what we did up at Storm King, we uh, did something that was pretty cool, supporting 46 climbs. So I'll be doing a whole episode on that. Everybody get outside. Enjoy what you're doing out there and be safe. <laughs>
This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.